The opinions and views expressed in the OC show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Good afternoon, Orange County. It's time for the OC Show. With your host, Cameron Jackson. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the OC Show. I am Cameron Jackson. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I hope all of you out there are enjoying your lattes and your SUVs because uh, they're both very expensive. And of course, the liberal media is crying today because Gustav did not hit New Orleans. They were hoping for a f- they were hoping for the one-two punch, but they didn't get it. Next time, I guess. All right, enough of that. So uh, welcome to the show, everybody. I am very pleased to introduce my first guest today, uh, my only guest. I always say first guest. I don't know why I do that, but uh, maybe it's just nervousness. Who knows? Anyway, uh, his name is Todd Gallinger, and he is running for Irvine City Council. Todd, how are you today? Doing well, thank you. How about yourself, Cameron? Excellent. So um, you've been in the news a little bit lately. Uh, the bloggers have been blogging about you. I don't know if that qualifies as news. Well, we, I think, we can talk I, about it. Anyway. I, I think in this day and age, it does qualify as news. I think people in Irvine are uh, aware of the different blogging sites that are available to them. Uh, so before we get into that, why don't you talk about you're, you're running for city council? Give us a little bit of background on you. Who are you? Who's okay. Todd? Well, uh, my name's Todd Gallinger. I'm uh, running for Irvine City Council. Uh, as Irvine's first homegrown candidate, I'm actually the first viable candidate or first candidate that we know of who actually grew up here in the city of Irvine. I moved here when I was about one years old. My dad uh, got out of the Army and was going back to school and went to uh, UCI right here. Uh, I grew up in the Woodbridge uh, village of, of Irvine, went to Woodbridge High School, went on to study comparative religions at UC Santa Barbara, and then went to law school at the George Washington University uh, Law School in uh, Washington, D.C. Moved back here after I finished my degree there. Started my own uh, law firm in Irvine, focusing on serving small businesses and nonprofits. I've been active in the local community with uh, a number of number of community organizations, uh, including um, the Irvine Chamber of Commerce, where I uh, chair the Housing and Transportation Committee, as well as the New Horizons School in Irvine, where I sit on the board of directors. New Horizons, is that a Christian school? No, it's actually uh, an Islamic school. Oh, all right. Um so give me uh, some of your goals that you'd like to see uh, done if you uh, get elected. Well, I mean, I, I would say my, my number one biggest issue is probably education, uh, making sure that Irvine schools stay as great as they've been. Uh, the primary reason why Irvine's schools are so great is not due to um, their school funding that's provided by the state or, in my opinion, necessarily due to the school board. Uh, it's due to the support that, this, that the schools have received from the community as well as through from the city. Um, inf- extremely influential in that has been the uh, Irvine Public Schools Foundation, which the city this last year gave a $1 million uh, special matching grant. Um, I'd like to see efforts like that continued. I'm also very passionate about the environment. I uh, want to make sure that the city itself, as it moves towards developments like the Great Park Project, as well as just other regular developments that it, that it takes in the, the course of its business, um, are always looking towards sustainable uh, uh, 
sustainable uh, options um, and also uh, passing laws that encourage private developers to do the same. Uh, what's your view? I see on your, your website that... Um, www.toddgatlinger.com? Yes, I will, okay. give you, I will give you plenty of opportunities to plug that. <laughs> um, but I, I see that uh, you, you're interested in small business and you believe that government should help small business, um, should support uh, go, small business. What, I'm a small business owner myself. Mm-hmm. What is it that you see the government should be doing to help small business? Well, the number one thing that government needs to do to help small businesses get out of the way and let the market handle it, except in areas where it's seen that market regulation, um, due to whatever cause, uh, isn't sufficient and endangers public safety. Um, At the local level, I think what can be done to encourage small business is create forums, create opportunities for for, uh, business owners to exchange ideas. Um, I think also uh, a focus on education um, one of the reasons why so many great jobs are here in Orange County, or particularly in Irvine, three jobs for every household, is that employers know that we have the talent base that they need. So I would focus on education, uh, provide forums for small business owners to meet, enter, and interact. What about uh, reducing the tax base for small business owners? See, the city of Irvine, I don't think, has any tax base for small business owners. We've got a flat fee, $50 licensing fee. So there's not too much that can be done within the city level that I'm aware of. It. All right. So that's different than cities yeah. like Santa Ana and Newport that charge you based on your uh, gross sales. Yeah. So your city of Irvine has a $50 flat fee regardless of the size of the right. employer. Would you ever change that? Um, no, I, don't, I wouldn't see a need to at this point. All right. Um, you know, you've kind of come out of nowhere. Um, you, <laughs> you're, For people who didn't know me, I guess. Yeah, there's... well, yeah. You know, <laughs> you've been um, endorsed by both. Larry Agrin, Beth Crom, and Suki Kang. How is it that you were able to get those endorsements? Well, I've 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 known and worked with, uh, particularly Beth, for 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 a couple years now. Um, in and, what in what capacity? Um, just just being involved in community community activities. I, I they're both uh, everybody. All three of them are out at community activities all the time, and through my own activities with the chamber and other groups, I've known them through those. Um, and I was able to get their endorsement. I think because they. Uh, would like to have a city council member who they can work with who will provide a positive leadership um, and push projects forward rather than necessarily trying to hold them back. What about the idea that you're doing this because it adds the fourth person for their slate mailer program? I mean, I've heard those theories out there. Those people honestly don't understand the way that... that, But uh, this is an agrin tactic that he's used for many, many years. And I've, I've I've heard those things out there from my research that I've done. For example, you know, there's two local ballot initiatives that are out there that that uh, that uh, the city put on. Um, one of which I was very influential in, and that's Measure S, the uh, privacy ordinance. There's also Measure R, which is the Great Park Ratification Ordinance. If the theory of behind running me was simply to get a, so that they could put together a slate mailer, they could add either of those on there too. Well, how is it that you're what 29 years old? Yes. You know, I don't know very many 29-year-old guys who are starting a new business and whatnot that are this active in, in politics. How is it that you kind of run this course and are so interested in privacy policies and uh, Measure H lobbyist policies? It, it seems a little out of out of norm. I mean, it, it may be out of the norm. I mean, I can tell you I established my own law firm when I was 26 and have been successfully run and established that. So um, I, I don't necessarily look at what other people are doing when I'm trying to make up my mind as to what I can do. Um, I'm very interested in, in trying to help my community. I really think that's why we're put here on the planet, is not necessarily to make money, but rather to try and help out other people. And I've done that through many community activities, and I see a city council as an opportunity to continue that. Did you come up with Measure H and Measure S 
to run for the or back those policies on your own, or did somebody approach you with that? Um, with with Measure H, uh, uh, there was a group of people who I, I think kind of asked me to help organize that and put that together. Who was a group? Uh, there a group of people who, if they want to come out and say who they are, they can do that. Why a minute? Why is it? Just, it just, why is it secret? It's not necessarily secret, but some well, people prefer to be private. Why don't you tell me? Just because some people prefer to be private. Well, but don't you think as, that what, if you're entering into the public realm as a public, you want to be a public servant, essentially. You need to start opening the books to those types of things. Otherwise, people start to get the inclination, which, frankly, I have, that you're hiding things for Agron and Crom. People can have an inclination whatever they like. As an attorney, I know one thing that I'm very aware of is the need for discretion in certain areas. And I feel like, too, if people want to get together and they want to work on something behind the scenes, that's their right to do. Um, I'm so not is that going to translate? Is that kind of ethic going to translate over to council meetings and whatnot where you hold closed sessions uh, without the knowledge of other council members to seal the deals on certain things that go on in this, this city? That would obviously be in violation of the Brown Act, which is not something I yes, would do. Yes, but it happens all the time. I, I, I don't know of it ever happening, but I'm, you know, I would not participate in that if that's what your question is. All right, so you wouldn't participate in something like no, that? No, no. I would never knowingly violate the Brown Act or any other act. On the other hand, if there's a group of private citizens who came to me to discuss an issue and said we want to remain private on this, I'd respect that. And I'd say, yeah, you should remain private. How long have you been living in Irvine now? Uh, this, this, for right now, uh, I moved back to Irvine this April, this last April. Uh, I was living in Aliso Viejo for the couple years before that, but I've lived in Irvine about 19 of the 29 years I've been alive. Right, but the 19 years were when you were from one years old to 19 years old. From no, from from about one to 17, and then also from let's see, 20 to 22. 20 to 22. Somewhere in there. Where, oh, Actually, when you went to UCI? Uh, I, well, I didn't go to UCI. I went to UC Santa Barbara. After I finished uh, After I finished there, I actually spent my last year studying abroad. But when I got finished, my current wife, now or then fiancé, was going to school at Cal State Fullerton. So I took a year and a half off before I went to law school. I lived in Irvine during that time. You know, uh, one of the, I came across one of these um, online articles that was written by you where you talk that you uh, are no longer a Christian. You are a Muslim. Do you think that... Irvine voters are going to have a problem with that? I, I don't think so, and I don't think it's really uh, an issue per se, too. I mean, uh, what my own personal faith is, I think, has um, would have very little to do with... Uh, you also, though, you've been connected to and working with uh, CARE, which is, if you correct me if I'm wrong, it's the Council on Arab and Islamic Relations? Council on American Islamic Relations. Okay, and um, you also have some connections with uh, the Islamic, the International Islamic Relief Organization, the Muslim World League and the World Assembly of Muslim Youth, which have all been um, linked to terrorist groups. What, what's your response to that? Well, what I would say is I'm proud to have done work for many years with the local office of care at the Council on American Islamic Relations. I've been a volunteer there for probably about the last seven years. Um, this last, uh, and over the last couple of years, I've actually represented them in two class action lawsuits we filed in conjunction with the American Civil Liberties Union and also with the Asian Law Caucus. Um, both of those lawsuits, one here in L.A., one up in San Francisco, addressed delays in the naturalization process, specifically re related to the processing of background checks. I think it's extremely important that the background checks for anybody applying for immigration get done quickly, not only for the rights of the person applying, but also to make sure that uh, uh, we're kept safe and that you know national security issues are, are given the highest of priorities. Um, in terms of my work with uh, uh, the other organizations, that relates to time I spend in D.C. working with a group called the Friends of Charities Association, which is a trade group made up of many uh, international charities, including those you've mentioned. Uh, our issues I've worked with there 
work primarily on strengthening financial controls for international charities um, working in relief areas. Strengthening financial controls for them. Yeah. So, I mean, that would help to aid. I mean, that would help them to aid terrorism. Actually, exactly the opposite. Increasing transparency, increasing increasing accounting principles, us- utilizing best practices that here ex- that exist here in the U.S. and other places such as Europe, but not necessarily u- utilized in developing countries. Trying to help them move towards those exact accounting principles that would prevent leakage to, to for nonprofit purposes or, or to not to not leakages to improper purposes. A lot of legalese. Yes. Yes. All right. You are an attorney. Um, <laughs> So the fact that you were here in Irvine during your childhood, mm-hmm. uh, you've really just hung your shingle up here in the last couple of years as far as working here. I moved here as soon as I got out of law school, and I couldn't have hung it up anywhere else any quicker. Well, I, yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, you weren't actually living in Irvine. You were living, you were living other places, South County. I, I lived in Aliso Viejo for two years. I opened up my law practice here in Irvine. I've always been active with the Irvine Chamber of Commerce. It's but, always been my intention and principle to live here in Irvine yeah, and but, to raise a family here in Irvine. I, 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 Issues I, of affordability sometimes get in the way for young people. Maybe sure, you're familiar. Sure. Yes, but, I am uh, familiar. I do live in Irvine, and I understand <laughs> I understand getting started here is difficult. Yeah. Um, but I guess my, my point in all this is mm-hmm. you, you've, you're get involved with Measure H, you get involved with Measure S, you've got the endorsements of three of the most powerful people in the council, and then all of a sudden, boom, you arrive in Irvine. Kind of it, the timing seems um, very. Uh, well, I, it just seems like good timing, like uh, convenient timing. Perhaps serendipity. I'm not sure. So it's just there's there's no relation there. I, I mean, there's I, relation, I, I, and they've I, they've, I, all, they've all they've all happened recently. I mean, I can tell you there, there's no relation that my lease in Aliso was up in Ali, in April, and we uh, we had the opportunity to move here to Irvine. My wife and I, you know, looked. So into, did you move here with the intention of running, or did, were no, you going to run? No. no. So I, you just, just in the interim of moving here, yeah. you said, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and start and run for council. Well, the decision to run to council came beginning of April or beginning of August, um, not not when I moved here. Um, the reason why I decided to run for council actually relates to some of the issues you just mentioned, such as uh, Measure S. Um, I was a proponent of Measure H, which was the anti-lobbyist provision that passed with 81% votes on the June ballot. Um, also, uh, uh, I was upset due to an email privacy issue that came about as a result of a Public Records Act request uh, yeah, by and, Christina and, you Shea. Know, let's talk about that real quick because I talked to Christina Shea about that on the air, mm-hmm. and I don't know and I have not seen any documentation whatsoever that there is a, there is a risk with privacy and emails. Where, where is it that there is a risk with that? Because I know Agrin came out and said pornographers are going to get uh, a hold of these email addresses, and all of a sudden now our kids are at risk. Describe for the listener what the risk is, because I don't see it. You, you don't see a risk in somebody being able to ask the city to give them a list of every every email address collected by the city, organized by activity that the that the email was collected under. So, for example, uh, somebody could get a list of kids who took swimming classes, kids who took pottery classes, kids I who just, took any type of classes. I, I think we can, we can, we can fearmonger all we want, and we can say, oh, my God, somebody's going to come out and do these things. But I think in reality, I d- that kind of information is available on the open market. It do- you, don't, you can pay. I used to do marketing. You can pay $100 and get a list of hundreds of thousands of names that meet those criteria. So I don't know where the where the issue is. And, and and I think, too, the issue comes in the way that the information is organized and where it's collected. It'd be very valuable to get emails that are located by, I would think, for a spammer, to, to get ones that are located by locale so you can know specifically where you're sending emails to. But also, to, excuse, just one sec, sure. to know, to know uh, the source that emails were collected from. Um, also, additionally, 
the issue comes into play because the way that these were collected is they were collected by people signing up for classes. And on the form that they filled out, it said the city will hold your information, uh, uh, keep your information private to the greatest degree possible, will not share it with any other city department, will not share it with anybody else. How is that going to shut down uh, email communications and the use of email for the council members? It won't. Emails sent to city council members will still be available to Public Record Act requests. If you, as a private citizen... No, will will council members still be able to have access to that information? That that would depend on internal ordinances within the city. Uh, I don't think that Measure S addresses the the sharing of of uh, uh, those email addresses and other private data between city departments. Um, but that's something that I think the city will work on developing ordinances and regulations to make sure that that takes place correctly. I think if information is collected um, with a, with a promise of privacy, that a council member should not break that promise. That the city made a promise to to keep the kids signing up email addresses private and the parents and everybody else's. If we're going to nobody keep, should take if, those. If we're going to keep all that information private, why even ask for it in the first place? So that the city can reach out to them for specific purposes that they've requested information for. For example, if they've taken swimming classes, they can find out about future swimming classes opportunities, future art class opportunities, but not so that they can receive political spam or commercial spam or for any other purpose well, other has, than the one. Has anybody received political spam in the city of Irvine? Yeah, I've heard reports of it. Yes, I've never seen it. I've never. Oh. Heard of it? Yeah, I have. Where does it come from? Uh, that's a good question. Most of the time, spammers don't put their email address in the return line. So, yeah. so, but I mean, who's who looks like it's who looks like they're behind the spam? You, you know, I couldn't say specific. I haven't received any. I've heard from probably four or five people that they've received political and political emails that they didn't sign up for. So hmm, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, if you're just now joining me, uh, my guest today is Todd Gallinger. He is Gallinger, excuse me. He is running for Irvine City Council. Um, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Show, and I am Cameron Jackson, your faithful host. Um, Todd, you've recently changed your voting status from Democrat to decline to state. Why the change? Well, I was moving, and uh, it was a good opportunity to change. It was something I'd been contemplating for a long time. Um, I just kind of feel like Partisan politics don't really reflect an accurate view of the world. I think opportunities or, or issues, um, you know, have many different ways to, to, to come to resolutions. We shouldn't limit ourselves to just two. There's an infinite amount of possibilities. We should look at all of them. I also just think when we're dealing with modern issues, um, this one-dimensional scale of right to left just, just doesn't really catch the nuances that exist in the real world. Um, and I think particularly on the local level, which is where I've put most of my efforts, I, I really um, enjoy... Uh, uh, working on working in community events at a local level because you get to see your 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 the things that you've accomplished at a local level partisanship just kind of screws everything up I think that a pothole obviously doesn't get filled faster by a Republican or Democrat it gets filled by the get faster by the guy who or girl who's willing to roll up their sleeves and go to work um, and I decided to change my party status to reflect that belief but you still have gotten money from the young Democrats to uh, promote what was it measure H that you promoted I didn't I didn't get money from young Democrats no um, a a a independent committee that has young Democrats as members gave money to another independent committee that I was acting as treasurer for and you use that money to make mail flyers out yeah we, we use that money to put out mail and support measure H so essentially the money came from the young Democrats it, can't, it didn't come from, there's a group called the Orange County Young Democrats. It did not come from them. It did not come from a partisan group. It came from an independent committee that is affiliated with some young Democrats. All right. It still sounds like it came from them. You, you, can, you can say it however you want to say it. I mean, it's a bit like saying, you know, because some, somebody was a Republican and they belonged to some other group and they gave money to somebody else. It came from all the Republicans. 
it's it's not quite that simple. I, I, I think I think I no. would deduce that okay. as well. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't think no, it's. but I, as far as it's changing from a Democrat to decline to state, I mean, doesn't mm-hmm. that as a voter, I get a little bit worried about that. I think, are you a flip flopper? Are you a wishy washy? Why can't you take a stand? What are you? Are you just a sheep, or excuse me, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Are you still a Democrat <laughs> at heart, uh, but you're saying that you're not? To, why, why is to the get, Why is the Democrat the wolf? Well, in this county, the uh, Democrat is actually the sheep, unfortunately. But you see my point, though, uh, mm-hmm. my analogy. Yeah. Uh, what's? I, I mean, this honestly wasn't done. Like I said, I wasn't planning on running for office at all until uh, un- until some of the issues came up with Measure S and the way I was treated by some particular council members um, really made me feel like the city deserves better leadership. Before that, I had no intentions of running. I made the change simply to reflect my own political view, um, my own kind of philosophic view, um, but obviously people are going to take from it what they will. I have no control over that. All right. Fair enough. Um, so uh, then the key question is, uh, do you believe in taxing the rich and redistributing the wealth to the poor? Um, to some degree, yeah. I believe in a, I don't believe that. I believe that too much taxes are obviously a bad thing, but I believe in a progressive tax structure. Do you think that the uh, governor should raise the taxes in the state? Uh, state level, state taxes? I mean, I would look at other options. To cover the budget? I would look at other options about the budget first. It's not something that I'm really familiar with enough to say, yes, he should or should no, he shouldn't right now. I mean, I think taxing, raising taxes should be kind of the last option of many, but there are times where it's necessary. Do you think that Irvine should be paying uh, for people to go out and help um, uh, disabled people or whatnot fill out the disability cards? Sure. If we've got the um, if we've got the money in the budget, if we're running a budget surplus like we have the last several years, and 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 we've got the availability to do programs, we should we should focus our community programs on those who really need the help. We should also why not, why not keep the money for a rainy day fund or give the money back to the residents? Well, there there has been an effective surplus that's been built up for several years, but I don't think the residents really at, at at the local level get taxed obsessively. I don't hear people telling me, Todd, I, I want my money back. No, I, people, I, I do want my money back. I mean, oh, I'm taxed excessively. You're you're you're, you're, you're you, you might be I, I think a minority vote vo- voice. Um, when I what I've you, heard, you think that in the affluent, in affluent, could I, could I just, no, could I just, you think that in an affluent community like Irvine, where people make a lot of money, that mm-hmm. they want to pay more taxes, or no, that I, they don't, or that they want, they would like to see more money come back into their pockets. Again, I mean, again, talking people here are are family. I mean, I've got two kids. I know most people in Irvine have the two point four kids or whatever it is. People want their money. They don't want to get taxed. Uh, and obviously, but what I'm talking about now is at the city level. And they're not really taxed at the city level, except through their except through their property taxes, which is capped by Prop 13, as well as through local sales tax. So the money that you're asking for back isn't something that I'm talking about. Well, how does the city how does the city get its revenue then? The city gets its revenue primarily through primarily through income tax, as well as through partial partial uh, uh, property tax. Well, there we go. Uh, well, <laughs> but we don't. I, what I hear from people is that they want they want continued community services that they love the community events that go on in Irvine that the reason that they came but, here but, the reasons why they're choosing to raise their family here but is because w- w- it's when a is safe enough enough I guess I mean you know we can if we have a surplus each year then then we have to come up and we have to create more and more programs why my question is why do we need to create any more programs isn't what we have good enough I, I think what we have is great and I want to keep making it better yeah. I mean, again, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the amount so, that you're so actually growing, growing the government is a good thing, then. No, not growing government is a good thing. I'm saying but that I, grows government, though. We're we're talking about a specific interest instance here in the city of Irvine, right? Yeah, but it still yeah. grows Irvine. I mean, the more services you add, the more bureaucrats you have to add to support those services. The bigger government gets, the more you have to spend year in and year out to support those services, right? 
So, I mean, you're talking ultimately that growing the government is a good thing. I'm talking about in the city of Irvine, we should focus on providing continued great community activities and events, providing uh, support for, for the community, including for people who are disabled, helping them receive state funds that they're entitled to. I think that that is a good program. I think including providing health care for Irvine's kids through the iChip program. I think that's another great program. Which I, chip program? iChip, Irvine, like, uh, Irvine Child's Health Care Program. Oh, okay. What yeah. is that? It's, it, it, it's a program that helps all Irvine kids to make sure that they have health insurance. Really? Yeah. So I'm paying for that? Yeah. Amazing. I did not know that I okay. was getting fleeced that way. Um, uh, if what you about consider help, helping kids get health insurance being fleeced, but myself, well, but see, I, I see I, providing I, those types of services but see, as being I, an essential part of government. I think that it would be better if government. government gave me back my money and let me choose how I want to take care of my kids. I See, I want the money for me so that I can choose how to take care of my kids. I don't want the government paying for other people's I don't want to pay for other people's kids. Okay, That's that's fine, and I, I support our public school system. I think it's great. You pay through for other people's kids to that way, too. Um, well, I, I, I that's don't why have, I'm not sending my kid to private school in Irvine, because I don't want to pay twice. Yeah. Well, I, you know, there's there's certainly different philosophic points on this view, and it sounds like we've got differing ones. So. Yes. Um, what about the fairness doctrine? Do you think that should be reinstituted? You know what that is? Uh, could you specify? Yeah, the fairness fairness doctrine is uh, for oh, radio. Oh, the FEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't see any need to reimplement that. All right. So you yeah. so you're a good free speech proponent. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. All right. Uh, if you're just now joining us, my guest today is Todd Gallinger. He is running for Irvine City Council. Um, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is The OC Show. I am your host, Cameron Jackson. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive right back into it. And welcome back. The opinions and views expressed in the OC show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. And welcome back to the OC show. I am your host, Superman. No, Cameron Jackson. That is uh, who I am. I'm happy to be here. My guest today in studio is Todd Gallinger. He is running for Irvine City Council. And uh, Todd, welcome back. Thank you. So, uh, the first half of the show, we went over kind of who you are, where you've been, um, some of your views and, and ideas on how you'd like to see uh, the city operate. Um, if you are interested later on as listeners to listen to this, I will be podcasting it from my website, theocshow.net. You can go to theocshow.net and download all of my interviews that I've had in the past. Also, if you have a question, um, don't call in because I won't take your calls, but you can email me at Cameron at theocshow.net. Um, I will uh, look at the question. I can't guarantee you that I will ask it, but um, certainly you can shoot it my direction and I will give it a try. Um, Todd, I want to go back to the May 27th, 2008 council meeting wow. where you um, <laughs> you had a, a little bit of a, a, an exchange, a one-way exchange with um, Christina Shea and Stephen Choi. And um, it was it was surrounding a public's record, a public records request that you had done um, for records, obviously. I don't know what were the records for. You know, I, I don't know which ones they were haranguing me for there. I've done a lot of Public Records Act requests. I, I maybe have unusual hobbies, but one of them is finding out what's actually going on inside of government. I remember when I was in high school. That, that I, is an unusual hobby. Yeah. I remember when I was in high school and I first discovered about FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act request, which says that the federal government needs to release most records uh, unless they're specifically say otherwise. Um, you know, I, I was having fun re reading, reading records online and, and filing requests on people I was interested in with government agencies. 
But you what, know, were, done, you, what I, were you pulling the records for in, in this instance? Like I said, I've done, I've done a lot within the city of Irvine. I have no idea which ones they felt felt so threatened by. I, I mean, That's I, not the question I asked. So I asked, what records were you pulling? Oh, I've, I've, I've pulled information relating to the Great Park, to development agreements, to memos written by city council members, agendas from past meetings. I've, I've, I've got boxes of records at home, so I don't know which one it is that they specifically were referring to. So you have boxes of records with people's personal information at your house? No. Actually, they don't contain people's personal information, and none of them were, were specifically for people's personal information. Did you pull about fifteen to 20,000 records from the Great Park balloon ride? Uh, what we did is we requested um, the waiver forms that were filled up from the Great Park balloon ride to check to see what was on the waiver forms, as well as to see where Where is that information now? Uh, we never captured it. And we never made a copy, never written, never wrote down a single person's email address. And this is before all these issues arose. Our reasons for requesting it were to make sure that the city was being accurate was being accurate in saying the amount of ridership. When you as say well our, as, who's our? Who are we? Um, I, I'd say primarily myself, but then uh, at that point, I, I think one of the issues I've is as uh, well, what were you doing with the information why do you pull the public records just for your own edification for my own edification and also for these other projects that i work on such as chairing housing and transportation at the irvine chamber of commerce that's something that requires me to be up to date on what's going on inside of the city so i can let other business leaders know but do they need to know how many people are riding the yeah the, i think the I, great park yeah, i think it's important to know how successful that project has been and where the ridership's coming from have yeah, you ever published is. anything from the findings that you've made um, I mean, certainly things I've written have been contained. Things I've, I've, I'm not sure I understand your question. Well, I'm just saying, you know, for somebody who spends a lot of time going through public records, have you ever published anything uh, about those public records that you could disseminate to other business leaders or whatnot from your um, organization that you belong to? Oh, I certainly talk about them and in, in, in events through the Irvine Chamber, as well as, as well as, and in, in, if you don't go on my website, you can find out information on there that's that's disseminated from things every question on those. I records. just find it absolutely fascinating that a 29 year old guy is delving into public records and doing public record searches just for his own edification, mostly. I mean, it just doesn't seem. And then all of a sudden, now you're being you're. It looks like you're doing opposition research for Crom, Agron, and Kang or Suki Kang, so that they can have something to run against their opponents, basically. Uh, Christina Shea and um, Mr. Choi. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my, that's my what it looks like. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what it looks like. And, you know, let's play this clip real quick if you want to grab your... Uh, oh. yeah, this, is, this is the exchange that you had, one-way exchange that you had with Christina Shea. If it wants to play. Council members Shea and Choi both attacked me by name and questioned my ethics and my motivation in requesting the records that they had written and requesting the things that they had produced and performing their civic duties on behalf of the public. They claimed that I had read that I had requested and received private memorandums. Councilmember Shea and Choi, nothing you do on behalf of the city is private. It's all by law public and available to everybody. So in that instance, were you just looking up information on them or were you looking information up on all of them and those were the two that just happened to have a problem with what you were asking for? On, on, on the, the, the latter, I, I requested memos written in the last, I think it was four years by all members, of, by all city council members. And what was it that they had done that, that got you upset? Uh, well, nothing that, they, well, that got me upset. It was, it was the fact that when Christina Shea was questioned about requesting all the email addresses on file and then having received 179,000 approximately email and other addresses, um, that she, rather than kind of take responsibility for what she had done, picked me out of a hat to attack. Um, I never really met her except in passing at city events, but she and Stephen Choi decided rather than to focus on the, the, the requests that they had made and, and how those specifically violated people's privacies, 
chose to attack me for doing investigation of all, all of our public officials. Then you went on, though, to basically use what you found in the um, public records information request, and you talk about this in the same meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, in, connect in connection with your attacks on me for my participation in the Measure H campaign, the uh, anti-lobbyist provision that passed with over 80% support of Irvine voters, um, Councilwoman Shea criticized me for quoting an Orange County Register article that found that she was, in fact, a lobbyist. And moreover, in a memo that she wrote in 2005, referring to the ethics ordinance, she says, this is what I do for a living. I am a government relations consultant, and I speak to national, state, and local representatives at times for my clients. Now, throughout the Measure H campaign, Councilwoman Shea has been telling us that she is not a lobbyist, that this is all some sort of political smear. And you also raised the issue about questions you'd like to ask to me saying that there were many, many questions you'd like to ask to me. Well, I'd like to answer you a question, Councilwoman Shea. Were you lying then, or are you lying now? No, I'm a government relations. I do not excuse lobby me. This according is, this to is, the lobbyist Excuse law. me, Councilmember Shea. Is asking me a question. Count, no. Councilmember Shea, this is public comment, not to be responded That's Beth Karam. Please proceed. Thank you, Mayor. <clears throat> so I'd like to know, were you lying to us then, or are you lying to us now? I can see why now you'd have every motivation to lie to us, seeing the support of Measure H, how 80 percent of more than 80 percent of Irvine's voters find that conflict of interest to be incompatible with, with, with qualified representation. I can't see, however, you would have any reason to write, this is what I do for a living. I am a government relations consultant, and I speak to national, state, and local officials at times for my clients. I can't see why you would have any motivation to write that in 2005, unless you were at the time making having your employment as being a lobbyist. Thank you for your time. Now, in that one little one minute and 45 second clip, you mentioned that she was a lobbyist four times. Four times you mentioned it. And it just so happens that this is a, a, an issue that was very near and dear to Larry Agron's heart about getting her, basically being able to get rid of her or get her off the council. And it looks like and it sounds like that you were standing up there and you were being a voice for Larry Agron and Beth Crom to get rid of Christina Shea, you mentioned it four times in, in one instance, in one minute and 45 seconds, four times. You're a lobbyist, you're a lobbyist, you're a lobbyist, you're a lobbyist. You know, again, it just seems like you are working in collusion with Larry Agron. Well, I'm part of their team right now. I'm part of the Keeper Vine Great Slate, and I've been— a, So you were working for them. No, I wasn't working for them. I was one of many, many people who are upset with the leadership that Christina Shea and Stephen Choi have provided. I can tell you one thing that upset me greatly was her complete and utter dishonesty during the Measure H campaign. She, How so? She spent $45,000 to promote Measure H. To, to promote herself and Stephen Choi, running, running TV commercials, showing, showing themselves. But they still promoted Measure H. I have the, I have the flyer at home. Okay, that's, that's fan. Well, I, I'd be interested to see which flyer you have. The only mail piece it's, I it's, saw that it's got the sent one, out. It's the white one. It's not the one that you sent out that has for Ed Pope saying that she's yeah. a lobbyist. It's the one that she sent out with herself and Choi on the is cover it, is saying. Is it like the eight-page one or is it the? Nah, it's not eight pages, but it's like four or five. Okay, yeah. and, and how many of those pages dealt with Measure H? The front one, okay. the, the one that's most okay. important. Okay. I mean, the same okay. one on yours that just dealt with her being a lobbyist. Okay. I mean, okay. and you know, it, and but do do you do you have a problem with her dishonesty in saying that she's not a lobbyist when she wrote that she was? Well, I've to talked to her numerous times about it, and the way it sounds to me is she's not a lobbyist. If you read what she wrote in two thousand and five, I am a government relations consultant, and that's, I'm, that's can a I finish? yeah. Can I go finish? for it. Go for it. And I and I work and I and I on behalf of my clients, I meet with state, local, and federal uh, officials. That's the definition of a lobbyist, somebody who for, for their clients meets with officials. 
but she also met with the city attorney, and that's what that memo was specifically for. It was for the, the city attorney to say to the city attorney, hey, this is what I'm doing. What it, Does this meet the guidelines or not? The city attorney then later came back and said to her, no, you're fine. Actually, There's no, nothing- that, that, that memo wasn't written for the city attorney, the one that I'm referring to here. I think you're talking about a different one. And regardless of whether or not, I, I don't know about the city attorney opinion that you're looking at, if you read Measure H or you read but any— if she were a lobbyist, if, if, she, if she were a lobbyist, if, though, then the city attorney would have to go after her, and so far she, nobody has gone after her, well, so if, she must not be yeah, a lobbyist. If, 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 if she were currently a lobbyist, that's correct. But the question is, is was she one in 2005 when she wrote the memo? The city that attorney said, said no back then. The city attorney didn't say no. The city attorney, I, I'd like to see the memo that you're referring to that they're referring to. I would think you know not to take everything that people say just on simply on face value. Well, but I, to look at her own words, look at her own words there. I am a government relations consultant. I meet with state, local, and other officials on behalf of my clients. That is the definition of a lobbyist. Then how come if she, I say I'm a, if, if I she's say, still doing that I've now got, though? Oh, in, but the question, nothing has changed for her though. Has, I don't know. Now she says she, now she says she never did that. Now she says she was never a lobbyist. And and that just flat out lies. That's you know that really upset me, and that's one of the reasons why I mentioned it so many times. For a public official to have that much gall. But again, though, it seems though that you're working can, in collusion it, with Agron. It seems that way. It's I've never seen a citizen stand up who goes and does public records requests on a regular basis. Who um, do you go to many council meetings? Because there's quite a few. There's 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 quite a few of them on both sides who, well, uh, who attend uh, meetings semi regularly who do who do things like that. Uh, I've been, I've been at meetings before where people have gotten up and read into the record. Christina Shea and Stephen Choi's mailers. So there's people who are politically motivated on both sides. But the, but this the is something who, but, I did. But the person who has been part and parcel of the kind of attacks that you're doing and the in the the um, activities that you're engaging in is Larry Agron, and he's the one who has been at the forefront in all the newspapers in this county, starting with the Register and the Weekly and the L.A. Times, for doing underhanded stuff like this. This is Larry well, Agron part this is un- and parcel. I don't, I don't see how this is underhanded, and I don't appreciate you saying that either. What did I do that was underhanded? Not you. The, oh. the the whole action. Measure H is just a way to try and get rid of a political opponent. Measure S, same thing. It's just a way to muddy up and, and, uh, political and opponents I, and I, later on down the line. And That's I, what and these I, things are for. And, I disagree and you, with you on I those. think that you are here as part of the slate for Larry Agron so that he can run his slate mailers. He needs four bodies on there, and you're the fourth body. People are welcome to their opinions, and they can still be wrong. That's fine. All right. Well, then let's go now then to um, your July 8th. Uh, meeting, and you went up and you spoke to uh, Beth Crom. It didn't look like Christina Shea was in the in the uh, audience or in the uh, dais that day. But this is let's just this one's four minutes long. But let's do it. I want to I want to hear this one. Todd Gallinger. Welcome. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I'm here tonight, um, unfortunately not on a positive note. I'm here tonight to basically just say that enough is enough. I appeared at this meeting last meeting, or I appeared, uh, here, appeared before you last meeting to make some public comments and deliver a memorandum in support of the idea of an ordinance regulating email addresses and citizens' privacy. For my comments, I was subject to almost an hour of attacks um, from council members Christina Shea and Stephen Choi, where they, in numerous occasions um, and multiple times, questioned my integrity, accused me of holding intentions that aren't my own, and attacked my reputation. Now, I'm a young attorney trying very hard to make it on my own. My reputation is all that I have. When a public official reaches out like that and attacks a private citizen, it hurts and it does harm. 
I wish that those were the only attacks I had been subject to. Unfortunately, on a continual basis, before I'd even come to this, come before this board, I was subject to attacks by the same council members in connection with requests for public documents and uh, in connection with my other city activities that I do, and including participating with the Chamber of Commerce and other local uh, charities and events, and also for my participation in the Measure H campaign. They both falsely accused me many times of lying and altering facts uh, that I presented to the public in the, in, in the Measure H campaign, um, and also uh, apparently felt personally attacked by the fact that I was conducting research into what the city council, what all members of the city council are doing. I've never filed any sort of request or, or done any sort of thing targeted at one specific council member. I wish that the attacks ended here in the dais, but unfortunately they've continued out past that. Before, again, before I'd ever appeared here, I actually received a uh, email from Christina Shea sent directly. I've never talked to her before, um, uh, other than briefly meeting her at uh, city, uh, city and, and, and public events, which she does not, apparently does not remember. In, that re in, in her email to me, she questioned my integrity and my ability to be a lawyer and threatened to report me for the Bar Association for requesting city reports and memos that she and all other city council members had, had, had written. Th that's just not responsible. That's just not right. In that same email, she instructed a web operative of hers, a, a, a gentleman who is, a, um, as I understand her, uh, former executive assistant here at City Hall, her former appointee to the Finance Commission, and also her paid web webmaster in her 2006 campaign. Now, this gentleman has started a website that apparently a big part of it is devoted to attacking me. For what purpose, I don't know. But he's accused me on there of, of, of engaging in criminal activities, again, in connection with Measure H. Uh, for what purpose they're attacking me on this, I, I don't understand. I understand she claims to have supported that. Additionally, he's gone past just attacking me and has attacked my clients and falsely accused them of, of criminal behaviors. Now, as a young lawyer, trying to make my way, trying to keep my clients happy, the last thing on earth I want to do is give a give a client a call and explain to them why some lie is published about them on the internet, what this has to do with, with none, none of this has anything to do with my representation of them. Just recently, however, particularly in the context of the privacy discussion that has been ongoing. Ms. Mr. Gallinger, I'm going to give you the same 30 seconds to wrap up. I'll do my best to wrap up. Recently, and, and this is especially concerning because of the privacy issues that, that have been raised here, recently the same gentleman did, conducted a background report on me and then publish the results of that background report online. This violates not only my privacy, but the privacy, but the, but the interests of the company that publishes those background reports. This report had information not only on me, but my father, my stepmother, my little sister. My wife's afraid now that people are gonna come to our house if our, if our address gets published online. And I know I'm not the only person who's been subject to these types of attacks. And I just really wanna say enough is enough. That politics by intimidation is not appropriate. It's not appropriate anywhere. It's particularly not appropriate in the city of Irvine. And uh, on that note, I just thank you for thank your you. time. Now, I want to juxtapose this to what you said to on the May 27th meeting. In the May 27th meeting, this is what you said. So I'd like to know, were you lying to us then, or are you lying to us now? I can see why now you'd have every motivation to lie to us. And then on the July 8th meeting, this is what you said. And I just really want to say enough is enough. That politics by intimidation is not appropriate. It's not appropriate anywhere. It's particularly not appropriate in the city of Irvine. And uh, on that note, I just thank you for thank your you. time. It seems to me you want it both ways. You want to go in and politically intimidate Christina Shea in the <laughs> dais. It, yeah, it that she, that it she's seems, going to be political, you know. Well, I, I'm just saying it seems that you want it both ways, that, you, that you're willing to go in there and call her a liar, and then when they come back and they start fighting back and, and throwing some, some good information about you out there, 
what good and start chipping and start chipping away at you and, and, and at your credibility in this whole issue and your relationship with Agron, then all none, of a sudden now, then all of a sudden now, it's politics by intimidation. None of the things I ever talked about were, poli- were had anything to do with my relationship with Larry Agron. The things that I've done have not been at the request of any particular person. They've always been because they're what I thought was best for me and for it my community. It has the appearance of and it, I'm, though. And, and, I mean, you're following in lockstep with what Larry Agron has been doing for the last eight, nine, ten years. Okay, and, and you know, you're, you're and well, now you're on his slate. Okay. You've been endorsed by him. Yeah, they've asked me to be on their slate, and I'm and I'm happy to accept that. I think they've been great leaders for our community, particularly for the past four years when they've had the council majority. I think great things have happened. The schools have been fantastic. The great city activities, the great park development moving forward. I'm very happy to have their support. Returning to your question. You know, when a public official flat out lies, the public has the right to know. But when a future public official, potential public official, is not being honest about where they stand, and where, and where who was I? And, and I've never been. I've never been dishonest I, I, with you. I've never been dishonest with anybody else. All this is is speculation because two people are in the same room. If you would listen to the thing that I talked about, none of it was because they said I was with Larry or something like that. No, it was because of attacks they did on me that had nothing to do with my involvement in city government. That had that were attacks on my on my profession. Christina Shea wrote me an email. Why on earth she did this, I have no idea. She wrote me an email saying she, telling me she was going to report me to the bar organization for requesting the memos that she had written. This is before I ever showed up to speak in front of a council member meeting, before I, ever, before, you know, I, before I was on the scene at all. But because I was a private citizen who was interested in, what, in, her, in her record, she felt so intimidated by that, she felt the need to threaten my profession. Well, I think and then I, she goes I, I on think... and encourages her blogger, Stephen Smith, who is her who was her paid webmaster in 2006 as her former executive assistant. You know, those people, it was, was, was her former finance if, if commissioner. If what he says is true. You want true, to talk about two people lo- if he, if walking he, if in lockstep. Wa- but if, he, if, he, if what he says isn't who? true, Stephen Smith from what, the Irvine what, Tattler. What did he say that's true? Well, whatever he's written about you. But what, but what, what he writes about me, 90% of it isn't true. Then how he wrote, don't sue him? Why don't I sue him? Because of libel lawsuits are very hard to sustain in, 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 in America, particularly in California. The First Amendment overrules overrules pretty much everything, particularly for private officials. Um, it's very difficult to ascertain uh, intent in terms of a defamation lawsuit. Plus, if you read his articles, he writes like the Nat, he writes like the Inquirer. He writes in a tabloidy style that never specifically says what he's saying. Well, I don't he get write, that. Okay. I, I think his stuff is very well written. Okay, well, that's obviously opinions differ, and uh, we'll leave it at that. But I don't. I mean, I just find it interesting, though, if what he's saying isn't true. Well, then, a lot. A lot then, of, he wrote. Then, he wrote. I'd never lived in Irvine. I've lived in Irvine 19, 19 years of my life. He wrote. I didn't vote in. I didn't vote in the last election. No, that's. Not, I voted in the right that, of the last election. Well, you're only as good as the information that you're given by the registrar in that case. And in the other case, you, you know, you, you were gone for many, many years, and all of a sudden, you I was just, gone. I was you, gone. I was gone for for three years while I was in law school. No, 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 no. You went to UC Santa Barbara. You were gone for a long. And then I was back years. for a year and a half. After and then that. you were in Jerusalem. You were overseas. So you, yeah. you haven't been here when, continuously. When I went, so when I went to college, I couldn't be here. I didn't go to UCI. Sorry, but I grew up here. Every chance I've had to live here in Irvine or be in part of the greater Irvine community, I've done that. I think this whole issue is just a completely, not only non-issue, meant to distract people from the actual people from our city officials' actual real records and from the real issues facing the city. You can understand where many people, such as myself, are leery of anybody who is connected to Larry Agron. You know, I, I hear that attitude out there. Knowing the guy, knowing that he's not Satan, I don't necessarily get that. Having met him and having met Christina Shea, I'm much more concerned with people who are associated with Christina Shea. I, I've... I just I don't understand that perspective. I get that he's more liberal than the, than the mainstream politics in Orange County. It has County, nothing to do with and liberal or conservative. For those reasons. It has nothing to do with liberal or conservative. I, I, it has to do with how you do conduct business. And he has been on the shady side of dark for a long time. And and that's that's an opinion that's out there, and that's not one that I agree with. Having having conducted independent research into the city and what's going on, 
I, I simply don't. But find there's the other basis people who that. do the same research, and they're coming up with far different conclusions. And, One of them being our Scott Moxley. Okay, and, and uh, you and, can't and, sit there and dispute what he's been saying. Oh, sure, I can. Scott Moxley has been wrong on a lot of things. Yeah. No, he yeah. has not. Oh, he has. I, I mean, you know, off the air, we can go through articles, and I'm happy to point out to you specific areas where he's wrong and no. misunderstanding campaign finance law and other things. No. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I guarantee the man. Is, the, the man is, is is much more of an expert than you or I in both of this. I. You know, having, having you know, I, I haven't read through all of his articles. I've read through some, particularly he's talking about campaign finance laws, and he, quite frankly, does not understand the existence, the difference between an independent expenditure and a slate mail organization. That's a major difference. <laughs> you know, he worked for Ronald Reagan in Washington, D.C. for 10 years that's, that's, as their campaign finance guy, that's, that's, as that's, the spokesman that's, for that's, campaign that's, finance law. And, and that's fine, but again, having read his articles, where, where he accuses where he accuses, he accuses Larry, this is an article he wrote, he accused Larry of coordinating with the Hometown Voter Guide back in, like, yes. the 98. Yes, That's totally legal. There's no problem with that. The, slate, the Hometown Voter Guide was a slate mailer. It sells advertisements to candidates. It needs to coordinate with them in order to do its business. Yes, but you can't do that. Yes, you can. That's exactly the but point. But he puts in the language. He's put, He's writing them. That's the point of the article, if, if is final, that he if was, final that Larry Agron was writing the copy for it. Okay. If, if final editorial control rests not with the candidate, but with somebody else, there's nothing wrong with a candidate contributing. There's absolutely nothing wrong. It's He had full and complete say. Mark Petraka talks about it. There's been things that have been put out again, on, again, on the it, internet. Okay, and, and all these things that are put out on the internet, I don't know who, who how the people know who it's has final and handwriting. absolute. It's in his handwriting. Okay, but what is? The, the Him marking it up and, and... Okay, and again, again, as long as somebody who's not a candidate has final and complete editorial control, a candidate can do whatever they want with a slate mailer. That's the way it works. It's, he, it's a business that sells. the point is that he had final and complete and, control. And, and I've don't know how that's ever known. I think that's one of those things that, you know, I, I hear allegations of it. I don't see evidence. And that's just like most of the things that are out there. If you're just not joining us, my guest today is Todd Gallinger. He <clears throat> is running for Irvine City Council. Todd, we only have a few minutes left, but I want to go through my scenarios. In the police departments, uh, they always like to give you these silly scenarios, but mine aren't silly. Uh, and it's a what would you do kind of scenario. So here, you are elected to city council, and during the course of your service, another more powerful and prominent council member asks you to secretly engage in political activity to subvert another political opponent. What the council member is asking you to do is not illegal, but would embarrass you tremendously if the public found out. In this instance, though, there would be little to no chance of the public learning of your involvement. Do these activities for the council member, do, doing these activities for the council member would increase your power and ensure re-election? Would you do it? I, I you know, I, I would want to get some practicals in that no, hypothetical just, no, situation. No, 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 no. We're not doing the attorney thing. It's just based on what I wrote here. Well, I, maybe I can't turn the attorney thing off, but based on what you opened there, it seems like there's an infinite amount of opportunities there. I can tell you I'm always going to want to do what's, what's in the best interest of the city. I try to live my life so that everything, I don't do anything that I'm embarrassed of. All right, so that's a non-answer on that one. Here's the next one. You have the option of putting a bogus proposition on the ballot so that you can receive additional money for slate mailers to fund a current or future campaign. Would you do it? Again, if it was a bogus issue, no, obviously I wouldn't. All right. Well, that's a good answer. Uh, you have the option of attaching yourself to a slate mailer that was produced with bogus prop with a bogus proposition that a fellow council member put on the ballot. You know the proposition is bogus, but being on the slate mailer will increase your chances of being election elected. Would you do it? Maybe you can define bogus here. I think we all know what bogus. I think we all know what. I don't know how you're using it here. I mean, if it was a bogus issue, let's no. not not turn the attorney thing off. We all know it. the the listeners out there are not stupid. They know what bogus means. You know, okay. My listeners know what bogus okay. means. I'm glad, I'm glad your listeners know that, but I, I don't in this context. And if it was a False. bogus issue. Not real. 
it's something that you're just making up so that you can screw somebody else over. You know, Does that I, clear it up for you? It, it clears it up somewhat, but okay, not so too much. Okay, so what would you do? Would you do it? No. No. All right, good. Uh, you have the option of expanding government through increased passage of city ordinances and taxes. Would you do it? I think we already answered this one. I think you would. Well, it depends on the issues. I, I think I think the city has important issues that it needs to make sure that it's uh, doing the best on, um, and sometimes it requires expansion of city efforts. I think in general, though, I'm guided by a free market principle. Um, it's also something I mentioned earlier. Um, as long as the market can govern, it governs best, but there are certain problems that arise because of uh, economic conflicts issues, um, um, problems with cost of organization, where the market isn't uh, the market left to its own devices isn't sufficient to protect the public interests, and those times the city needs to step up and and do its do its fair duty. Okay, you got thirty seconds on this one, then I'll let you plug all your good stuff. Uh, what are you going to do to stay out of my life as a politician? Um, well, geez, I, I don't know. I hopefully I'm not going to invite you to dinner. I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, from a political point of view. Um, I, you know, I think in general, people's lives are their own lives. I don't really believe in interfering with what people do, their practice of religion, their freedom of speech. You know, I, I, I'm not sure how, what you're, how you're afraid of me uh, coming into your house. So. Well, I'm afraid of all politicians coming okay. into my house. All right, uh, real quick, plug uh, your website. How can people get in touch I'd with you? How can they donate to you? People can jump online at www.toddgallinger.com. That's T-O-D-D-G-A-L-L. I-N-G-E-R dot com. Uh, you can read about me on there, see where I stand on city issues. If you want to give money, you can click on the contribute link and actually give over your credit card online. On the top right-hand side of the website, you'll see a spot to sign up for our email list. Um, I encourage everybody to do so. And Todd, I want to thank you for coming in and enduring uh, my my beating over here. It might be a self-beating. Oh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't you, necessarily you, want to watch you flagellate yourself. Thank you. That's, thank uh, you. Yes, I appreciate that. Uh, but you have been one of my best uh, guests so far, so oh, I do I appreciate, appreciate you coming you. in. Um, you're listening to the OC Show. My name is Cameron Jackson. I am the host. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Coming up next, Play It As It Lays. We'll be in here uh, for, I think it's two hours. Next week, you'll have just me, 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 and only me. So uh, thank you again, Todd. I do appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.